Hello and welcome to another episode of Chipping Away, where your hosts Akash and Durga take you on journeys of South Asia, its history, art, archaeology, and everything in between. Continuing the theme of heritage, today we are going to delve a little deeper. One of the ways cultural heritage is expressed is through the form of physical culture. So, what is physical culture? Physical culture implies the use of the physical body, be it in the form of dance, in the form of theater, in the form of songs. and even martial arts all over the world different spaces and regions have their own variety of martial arts be it karate kung fu or even our very own martial arts be it in the forms of kalari paitu physical culture such as martial arts wrestling grappling also expresses itself in the region's art history and even archaeology true various sculptures be it on different kinds of temples or even stand alone examples represent various forms of grappling and wrestling culture to talk about more we have with us kush deber independent researcher based in delhi working on martial arts and culture hi kush hi kush hey akash hey durga so kush what do you do so i finished my phd last year in april i was working on a government project at deccan college for roughly 10 months and since november 21 i pretty much pick up freelance assignments if and when i get them so far i've been bootstrapping very close passion project i always wanted to you know because of my background in k12 education space and it's just that you know i have never been a full time researcher ever before now but before this i was always you know teaching in middle school or a high school in delhi pune bangalore i have done a stint in ahmedabad and you know i was never a full time researcher but i was always getting experience at the development sector and the corporate sector so i started teaching in a lot of not for profit schools for example i was a teach for india fellow after my graduation in delhi and i taught in silampur the thing that really hurt me and hit me was that there was no credible content in the culture space to even teach literacy leave alone the social science part like for example if you want to teach literacy there is either a lot of children's literature which is highly westernized and the other thing is that the context that those stories are written in those contexts are so non indian that the local children don't grasp the fact of the matter and the crux of the situations so i always wanted to write keeping indian culture in mind and context there is absolutely no literature which is credible these things were not present as far as a lot of affordable literature was concerned and the place where it was present it was exorbitantly expensive so now after a decade worth of experience with children from various demographic backgrounds and especially i specialize in at risk volatile areas but it is not percolating to the levels it should go to it is still in a very elite urbanic manner that these perspectives are going out so you know like have literature which is accessible affordable and available is something that i really wanted to do so that is my passion project and i do curriculum framework so for example i made a jiu jitsu curriculum for my fight club and then i wrote a few articles for an nft 
store who wanted to do articles on Indian art, Indian temple sculpture and they plan to make NFTs out of it. I do consult with such companies and I wrote for a Singapore based art gallery in the pandemic and they actually gave me that platform from where I could send those articles to other people and ask for money. And recently I just published an article in Spanish on my research. So you talk about your research. So what is the research that you've done so far and plan to do? At Deccan College, I actually had the fortune to do a master's on wrestling, but I wanted to do it more, not from the anthropological point of view, like ethnography or something, but more from material culture point of view. And my guide then, Dr. Srikant Ganvir, told me that there are cultures of Kushti on temples but he basically meant epic narratives like narratives from Ramayana, Mahabharat, Bhagavad Puran, Harivamsha Puran and you know stuff like that. I got excited and did some field work with him and alone as well and some with my classmates like Sitaram and it was a pilot study for me to see like if there is any data. Although now when I look back at my master's thesis there was so many things that are not real and my PhD is an attempt to ratify those mistakes at the same time do some genuine original work which at least in cultural space has not happened yet and now almost a year after my PhD I am trying to publish a monograph and I actually see that I made a lot of mistakes in my PhD as well it's like a journey of a researcher right like you grow every time you read more so I am trying to ratify those mistakes and hopefully in a year's time I will have my monograph out so my research was going to temples and documenting sculptures which initially I told wrestling but I think to teach myself the terminology and just get acquainted with the art I joined an MMA gym in Delhi where we do more of submission grappling which includes like jujitsu, wrestling, judo, sambo and that's where I think I got addicted to the art but however I couldn't do it a lot but I learned a lot and I basically lived my research over the years. When I was teaching in Bangalore, I used to do a bit of Muay Thai boxing and Jiu Jitsu there. Then in Pune, when I was doing my masters, there was no MMA, Jiu Jitsu, anything, but I used to do Capoeira. I think doing different martial arts and just getting deeper into them, it has taught me how to understand different cultures because in Jiu-Jitsu, it's a global culture. So for example, like today, if I see a guy with cauliflower ears, I have to do os. And os basically is a Western corruption of a Japanese word called osu, which means onegai shamsu. And it actually means a lot of things, right? Like it's like when you do sparring with an opponent, you thank him or her for nice experience. Thank you for improving me. You know, like the Japanese culture has these small words which have a lot of deeper meanings in general. My research took me to the idea that all forms of grappling originated in India, right? Right now, everyone thinks everything started in India. That was my first journey where my arrogance got the better of me. But as I started talking to professional fighters from all over the world, I realized each country has its own grappling tradition. 
like when we study processual archaeology versus classical traditional archaeology one thing that we always study is the difference between unilinear evolution and a multilinear evolution like lewis binford and julian stewart usually used to fight on this but earlier i used to have that very dogmatic attitude as we see the trend in indian culture today i had that kind of attitude which was that oh grappling began in india see this 7th century temple has it a lot of kushan and shunga plates and terracotta tablets have shown buddha grappling for the hand of yashodhara as i started learning i saw that there are pancreation paintings on greek vases then there are greek gymnasiums being found older than shunga kushan because the kushan basically inherited the bactrian region and the bactrians were even older than the other archaeological evidence that we are getting then i went into the global traditions of how the martial arts are evolving right now and trust me like people have not even studied some martial arts like senegalese wrestling and i interacted with a spanish fighter who told me that in the canary islands they have a very unique style of grappling lucha de canarias i was quite ignorant of these things and i think over the period of time i have started coming to think that you know india is a very rich cultural country india has a lot of rich traditions but i think before saying that it originated in india as scientists as scholars we need to have a lot of concrete evidence and not just mere circumstantial evidence so my research was always on you know how grappling in medieval india deccan to be precise i chose sculptures on the monuments of vijayanagar samrajya professor eaton has gone on to say vijayanagar sultanate i mean you know like reading these kind of things like not just about grappling but because i had to write a general introduction chapter i ended up reading a lot on the turco persianate ideals of futuvat and jawan mardi you know like i just grew a lot as a human being and i think my research has really made me a better person and now that i will after a hiatus of 5 years i do plan to step on the mats again and meet my team i think i will be a better person thank you kush you wove these various seemingly disparate looking strands beautifully together and i think you hit the theme of humility again and again through your research through your work and also through the projects that you have lined up for yourself i would want to know more about probably the aspect of humility and the last aspect that you touched upon briefly about the jawan mardi or masculinity in arts that we know or we acknowledge the existence of but do not really plunge deep into that so can you speak to it a little in terms of grappling as against wrestling and its expression in the arts and probably the extension of masculinity in art sure so first of all i would like to talk about the ideals and the concept of chivalry so rushab mahesh's phd thesis on the veera girls the concept of veera i think when we study these uh, masculine concepts so to say although i don't think the concept of veer or grappling is masculine it is quite non gendered in india the texts such as dhanurved and mallapuran very subtly point towards grappling or the concept of veer or warrior being a male to begin with 
and the fact that grappling is a manly sport dc mujumdar in his encyclopedic work known as vyayama jnana kosha or the encyclopedia of physical culture you know the first line he writes in his concept of wrestling or kushti is that wrestling is the manly sport and it's just that i don't know as eh car has said that before you study history study the historian probably we should look at all these works that were written pre independence pre colonial or even medieval times is because i think we need to understand the context that these works were written in it's really appalling that people don't do that so for example if you read the story of the fogart sisters they were rejected from around 20 30 odd dangals in haryana on the simple premise that the organizer said hum ladkiyon ko kushti nahi karwa sakte kyunki shastron mein likha hai but i have never found anything which denies women of doing grappling however it is very subtly pointing towards men doing all these things i think that's where the biggest flaw rises that probably the early medieval times like say 7th 8th 9th 10th centuries were war ridden and the status of women had already started going down when it comes to being equals or the seeds of inequity had been sowed very deep back then but it's not that there are no examples of feminine roles in warrior cults for example in warfare or martial arts sector in my research i came across one sculpture on the manavmi dibba where two women are grappling and domingo pais writes that during the mahanavmi festival even the dancing women grappled and it's not that we don't have evidence it's very easy for us to not see this evidence rather than you know accepting it and in the northeast where you know there are no dominant brahmanical hindu buddhist jain christian muslim cultures but they have their own and you know like the ahoms maithi culture of manipur for example and then in the aus of nagaland i have seen tough as nails women coming out of northeast and i think maricom established that fact long time back when she won the olympic medal and the fogart sisters too and again you know you come down to the concept of jawan mardi the whole concept is mard jab jawan hota hai to usko kya kya karna chahiye and the concept of futuvat which is basically brotherhood I mean, it's very easy to say brotherhood, no sisterhood, or no brother sisterhood, and like the way we talk about akhadas in India. At the same time, in present-day Iran and parts of Turkey, or let's just say the region where the Persianate and Turkish tribes established themselves, they have zor khanas, and you know, like this exchange between India and Iran has been documented so well in terms of grappling that. there is a legend the way in india we have the khandoba myth that sonthimer has written on mallari and the way we have akash you are from karnataka so you know the jettis so jettis were actually mod brahmans who migrated from modhera actually their village was delmal near modhera and you know they were a caste of only grapplers similarly in iran there is this legend of a male wrestler who has been deified as a hazrat as a wali there is a darga somewhere near herman so his name was puriyai wali and it is said that puriyai wali is the one who wrote about the concept of grappling or pehlwani 
although the word pehlwani is pre islamic iran it's more sasanid times after pehlavi the parthians he also talks about what a pehlwan should do similarly in mallapuran where the story goes that krishna and balram they killed kansa chanur mushtika and chanur and mushtika were jethi mals like jesth mals or the jetties and even though krishna and balram who are supposedly non brahmins they defended themselves against these jetties whom they killed they had to do prayaschit and they happened to do prayaschit in a forest area near present day modera where shri krishna tells this jethi mal named someshwar what a mal should do how he should live his life the same way puriyai wali tells his descendants how to live as a pehlwan then we again come to the concept of brahmacharya like hindu mallas are told to read scriptures do dhyan and similarly the porshanate pehlwans even in india as well as other countries they are also told of the concepts of how to take care of your family how to treat women but however nowhere do they actually say that let women enter your zurkhana or akhada so i think the whole thought process behind how the gender specialists and feminists who are now writing a lot on this like scheme on how all patriarchs wrote these shastras and no matriarchs work is recorded which i'm pretty sure there were matriarchs here and there who wrote like mirabai is one matriarch then i can think of but again she married a man only so her matriarchal ideas are again connected to shri krishna but i think it's the whole conspiracy theory that because men wanted to rule they made sure that everything is from that point of view that perspective and because it has been handed down from one tradition to the other and you know like as in psychology there's this term used as cycle breakers you know like people who continue the cycle and they are on an autopilot mode they don't question it but our generation the millennials and the gen z we actually come under the cycle breakers who are you know like challenging the status quo if we read all the ancient texts from that perspective there is a lot we will learn and a lot we can actually implement in the present day context keeping all the gender and other biases in mind so that's durga answering your masculinity question when i targeted the question for masculinity and wrestling or grappling in arts my intent was precisely that that we bring in sometimes a very post colonial or colonial reading for the arts in terms of what we think categorizes as masculine arts and feminine arts and that is not to mean that there is not a facade or a backdrop of women engaging in these arts and you bring out some beautiful examples while highlighting some of the key studies made be for god sisters or mary com in the modern context or some women wrestlers at the mahanavmi dibba but there is also incongruency in terms of how much of population or how much of these cases are represented throughout the literature in terms of women wrestlers other than the ones at mahanavmi dibba actually finding a place on sculptures or in art i think this is a good place to pause our discussion for today thank you kush for giving us this introduction on physical culture and its representation in material culture so let's continue this conversation with kush and go deeper into this theme in our next episode in a matter of 15 days until then keep chipping away
we'll meet soon and until then keep chipping away bye bye chipping away is available on all major streaming websites such as spotify apple and google podcasts and so on so go ahead subscribe wherever you feel comfortable or you can just log in to bus proud and check out chipping away we have a new episode coming up every fortnight that is after every 15 days so twice a month each episode comes with a new theme new points for discussion and something for us to take back and ponder on so join us in our journey of understanding our collective past better and to question the existing and new theories and models that we encounter every so often and don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at chipinawayind and drop us a line about your comments inputs and what you would like to hear from us at chipinawayind@gmail.com in this current environment of chaos uncertainty and a lot of tension that surrounds us with the pandemic impending lockdown and other restrictions let chip in away be your little moment of recluse from the world around you help us make this little movement a little more better by reading the blog posts that go with our podcasts and other discussions online and offline for the blogs you can check out www.kelmighty.com that is k a l e m i g h ty.com we have all the links in the description for our podcast and you can check it out online on google spotify and other major streaming sites so see you again in a matter of 15 days with a new topic a new theme and something new to pick your brain with till then keep chipping away stay safe and take care bye bye